You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, guys, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking with a man on a mission to help the entrepreneurs of the world thrive in their life by broadening their spectrum of fitness. Brandon Epstein used to be a professional fitness model working extensively for Nike and had believed he had finally managed to get the fitness side of things down. Then, after launching his first health app company, he realized that physical fitness is really just a fourth of the equation. From there, Brandon created the four pillars of fitness to make the foundation of his company, as well as his podcast, The Entrepreneur Fitness Podcast. He's also the creator of the Entrepreneur Fitness Academy, where people can learn to build up the four pillars of health and truly learn to thrive in all areas of their life as they grow their business. I have a feeling it's going to be such an insightful episode, so let's get rocking. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Madeline, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I know you're doing awesome things over here, so I'm just honored to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, I'm really intrigued to hear your side of all four aspects of fitness. But before we dive into that, give us some insight into your background. All right, Maddie. So let me tell you a little bit about how I got into entrepreneur fitness and my background. And so I'll try to keep this to a few minute little summary here, but it really started um, during my college football career. I started out as a freshman and I was riding the bench and I just wanted to find ways to squeeze every bit of talent out of myself as I could. And uh, what I did was I started to study a lot of non-traditional paths to peak performance. So I started studying meditation, I started studying energy training, and I used these things to improve my performance, get stronger, be more powerful at the line of scrimmage, and uh, had pretty significant results. I ended up uh, starting uh, at defensive end for my team and had some really standout games. And, um, and so from there, I was just hooked. I was like, okay. I was like, there's something to this whole mind-body thing. I guess it isn't just about like physical, you know, nutrition, exercise. There's actually a lot more to that. And so from there, I, uh, I started studying the mind more and more and actually got this health foundation to sponsor a study that I was doing looking on the health effects of uh, meditation. And so we looked at how uh, a specific type of meditation that uh, creates alpha brainwaves could improve strength and could decrease stress and increase happiness. And so I uh, did not actually get significant results because unfortunately I had a kid in my study who was preparing for an MMA fight uh, during it. And so he kind of hacked up my results a little bit as he was cutting down, losing weight. Um, But the other people in my study had significant increases in strength just by going through this deep visualization in in, uh, alpha brainwaves. And so it kind of opened up my eyes to like, okay, what is actually possible? And I just got excited from there. And so upon graduation from college, I dug in deeper into it and I actually started the health and fitness app company. And through this app company, I started to um, really apply everything I knew from the physical and mental side and create these apps that help people do 
everything from sleep better to lift more weights to get better at their sport to quitting alcohol like you name it like my apps did it i had i think the final count was 69 apps before i sold the company and um really during that process i learned that you know i thought i had to figure it out between the physical and the mental and i realized that there's this whole emotional factor that comes in when you're trying to build a business as an entrepreneur and it was just quite the emotional roller coaster trying to build this on my own and and figure out you know how to be successful without really any business background and so i started to just take on and learn as many tools as I could to help me improve my performance on the mental, on the emotional side and really building um, what's something that Tony Robbins calls is emotional fitness. And so I realized that just like mental, just like the physical, I could condition my emotions to allow me to feel good all the time. And so I really started to hack that and make it a part of my daily practice. And then finally, I started to realize how big, you know, the fourth pillar was, which is spiritual fitness, which is the connection is something that's larger than yourself. Whether you want it to be God, whether you want it to be your purpose, the universe, it doesn't matter what you call it. As long as you feel like you're connected to something larger than yourself, um, that's what really allowed me to start to make like quantum leaps in my business and personal life. And so there's a quick little background on how I got to where I am. And when I sold my health and fitness app company, I, about around that time, I launched Entrepreneur Fitness and I took everything I learned and I've kind of thrown it together, as you mentioned before, in my academy and in what I teach every day in my podcast. Wow, that's incredible. Like just hearing that you created that many apps, like, and so young, it's, a very, it's very inspiring. Um, so when it comes to the four pillars of fitness, which one do you think is the one most people leave out the most yeah so i would say definitely um emotional fitness is a lot of is something that a lot of people don't really train for right so you can in the biohacking community everyone's trying to see what they can do to kind of enhance the performance of their brain so their mental fitness using everything from nootropics to other types of hacks and so that's gained a lot of popularity lately. Of course, we all know the physical side, how important exercise and nutrition is to performance. And that's like the baseline where a lot of people start. And of course, a lot of people do. You know, we see the entrepreneur blogs all the time around, uh, you know, finding your purpose and finding your true passion and just not just entrepreneur blogs. You see this everywhere, this messaging. And so a lot of people do have that connection to the spirituality. But conditioning our emotions is something that a lot of people don't account for. And so in the process of, living their life and trying to reach whatever goals they set for themselves, they end up not enjoying the process as much as they should. And when you don't enjoy the process, you can't achieve peak performance because we all know that when you perform your best, you feel your best. And so that's a big thing that I think people should invest more time into is really learning how to condition your emotions and making sure that you're actively choosing how you want to feel every day and stepping into the state of mind that serves you the best. I love that. And I'm going to be totally honest with you because I like hearing you talk about that. I feel like I, I too struggle with that sometimes because I always want to enjoy the process, but it is really hard in certain aspects. Like, for example, like um, getting my like just my website, you know, perfect. And I, you know, I don't believe in perfection. And I always talk about how perfection is subjective, but there's still this desire for me to get my stuff up and running exactly the way I want. And I'm always comparing it to other sites, which is a bad habit, but sometimes I do. And I'm like, man, I really need to get this exactly how I want to get it. And so I get really stressed about it. And like, I'm not, I'm emotionally just like 
stressed and strained because it's out of my control because like I don't do my web design or anything like that. And so like when it comes to my business and I want it to be right and I'm not the one that can control how quickly my website stuff gets fixed, like what kind of steps would you recommend for me and my audience whenever we have something that is emotionally stressing us out and like what we need to come back down to earth and just remember to enjoy the process. Do you have any like, like one, two, three tips for that kind of thing? Yeah, there's a few main concepts that I always like to come back to. And so business as a whole and building a business, like usually we hit the masculine, you know, energy really hard when we whenever we think about taking this on. And that's cool because the masculine is really important. It's like the, what gets, you know, stuff done is that like strong masculine energy. But whether you're a man or a woman, a lot of people get too stuck in this like, oh, I got to do things and make it perfect. And they kind of like forget that whole like nurturing aspect of the feminine. And so when you neglect that, like that's when you really get strung out and you feel like you're forcing things and you're trying to push it and you're always doing things, but things aren't turning out exactly as you want. And so the easiest way to troubleshoot that is just to get familiar with letting go of control from time to time and surrendering. Surrender is such a huge thing and it sounds abstract and my messaging is really strong. I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. People think it's funny because whenever they go to entrepreneur fitness, they're expecting like me just to like have just talk about six pack apps and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, emotional fitness and surrendering is such a big part of just managing the emotional journey of building a business and taking on anything, whether you're, you know, trying to be really successful as an athlete or in your field professionally or as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to surrender to the process from time to time. And so you see these things that you're you're constantly uh, striving towards. And sometimes you can't force everything to happen. You have to surrender to the process and you have to really practice that gratitude for what is going well and what you have been able to accomplish and what you are excited about and you know what is going the way that you've planned and so that's the easiest way because you can't feel grateful and anxious at the same time it's literally like impossible and so yeah that's like the one-two punch right there it's like going into that surrender mode of like i surrender to understanding that like at this time there's this is out of my control and that's okay and feeling into that and then practicing the gratitude of all the things that you have to be grateful for in regards to the thing that may be stressing you at the time. So for your like website, well, of course, it's easy to be like anxious about like, okay, how do I make this perfect? How do I make sure that people like this? How do, and, you know, and, and of course, in our minds, we take it to these extremes of like, you know, well, if people, if this isn't perfect, then my business is going to be successful <laughs> and no one's going to like me and this is going to be a big failure and, you know, this is all for nothing. And really, we can just take it in the opposite direction by practicing that gratitude and going, you know what, I am so grateful that I get to have this business that I truly feel passionate about. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to iterate as many times as I want. I'm grateful that I have a web developer and designer that is going to help me with this process since I don't have this skill set. And you know, and you can just crush it with gratitude all day. And so that one-two punch of surrender into gratitude is something that I feel like is helpful for anyone, no matter what you're doing, what you're striving for. It's just something that you can always come back to. Mm, so, so amazing. And I, I completely agree. And I can, uh, it, it's funny just hearing you talk about this because yeah, we totally get stressed about very insignificant things and we blow it up in our mind, especially if we're like, um, sitting alone in our apartment all day, like working on it endlessly. And we forget that there's a whole big world outside waiting for us to come play and relax and enjoy. 
and we can just get in our own little world and like start stressing about you know your passwords not all matching or like your Instagram handle not being the same as your Twitter handle because someone has your handle on Twitter and it's taken like silly stuff like that and it's so important to just be grateful for the fact that you have the opportunity to spread your knowledge with the rest of the world and that's one thing that I think is so important when it comes to just your body and like showing appreciation and gratitude for having a body instead of stressing about your body not being quote perfect um, in regards to society standards and um, next I'd like to talk about like the spiritual side because I can see how this and like giving up and surrendering is very related to the spiritual aspect of fitness tell us a little bit about that yeah, absolutely. So I guess sometimes when I talk about the spiritual aspect of fitness, it's a little non-traditional to like how people usually speak about spirituality, but it's kind of made sense for me. And it's like the system that I've created for people. And so essentially what I consider spiritual fitness is creating the vision that you want and feeling connected to something greater than yourself and then reverse engineering your success through an identity that's going to get you to that vision. And so the easiest way to do this it's really just like closing your eyes. And I know a lot of people practice like the perfect day uh, visualization. So if your audience is familiar with this, you know, it's like just closing your eyes and imagining, okay, one year from now, if I could look exactly the way I wanted to look, if I could have my business or my professional life exactly as I'd like it, if my finances were as exactly where I wanted them to be, if my relationships were exactly where I wanted them to be, well, what would this version of myself look like one year from now? And you start to get this like compelling vision of like what this person looks like. And then you can follow them throughout an entire day. And you can see what they do in the morning and what they do for their morning routine and through the heart of their day and who they associate with and what kind of habits they have, what kind of rituals they engage in. And just watch this version of yourself and be like, okay, well, it looks like this person, this version of myself has the exact body I want. They seem really happy too. They seem to have like, you know, abundance of wealth as well. Well, what are they doing? And then you start to see, okay, well, this version of myself, obviously like eats really healthy food, exercises every day. This version of myself has these success habits where they commit, you know, X amount of time to focus work every day. This version of myself also has an incredible team that's supporting me. This version of myself also schedules time for play and enjoyment and spending time with people that you care about. And so you can get this compelling vision and so, you know, some people uh, say, you know, spirituality in a very like simplistic sense, you know, they might just be like, you know, I'm doing it for God and they connect it to God and that's enough for them. Well, for me, I like to be very tactical about it. And so I think about really, you know, taking yourself to that place where you describe that vision and you get a really good grasp on what that version of yourself looks like. And then you create an identity based off that vision. You reverse engineer it. And once you find out everything about that person, that version of yourself where you need to be, you start to say, okay, well, I'm the kind of person that does blank. You know, I'm the kind of person that exercises every day. I'm someone who is kind to everyone that I come in contact with. I'm someone who schedules time to play. I'm someone who gets rid of multitasking and completely focuses on one thing at a time every single day. I'm someone who is committed to having conviction in all the areas of my life that care that matter to me most. And so once you reverse engineer that vision, you can create this identity for exactly who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. And then you can start to execute. You can start to bring that into the present. And you kind of 
have this blueprint to work from. And yeah, you won't always know exactly what to put in that template, but that's the beautiful thing. Now you know, you know what you have to do. And so if it's a thing like, okay, well, I know I need to, uh, you know, get a great website done. Well, then you go find the developer and you plug them into your template, but you have this kind of this uh, identity that's unshakable that you know is going to get you to that vision. And you go out and you grab what you need to, and you put it into your, this template for your life. And every single day you move forward until you get to that vision. And so, that's really what I believe uh, spiritual fitness is, is having the conviction to step into that identity that aligns with that vision and live it every single day. Mm, yeah, and I'm curious, when did you start doing this for yourself? I honestly started doing this not very long ago. So I've been hacking this stuff for a while. I told you like my first couple years getting into this field, like I was just all about the physical. Um, you know, and then I learned a little bit more about the mental, emotional, and really it's only been the last like six months where I realized how profound effect having this like vision aligned with the identity, uh, and how powerful it can be in creating the results that I want in my life. And so, you know, it's kind of an aha moment and I'm sure it will continue to evolve over time because I'm just obsessed with peak performance. But, um, yeah, really the last like six months I've started to evolve and be able to step into this own identity for myself. And I've kind of been playing around with all my coaching clients and having them do the same things. I've seen incredible results and I'm like, wow, all right. So I think I have something here and uh, kind of been running with it since. Are there any moments that you could share with us? Like something happened and you're like, oh my God, like this actually works. Like something that happened in your life in the past six months that brought you closer to living this dream life of yours? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I have these moments quite a bit where I'm where I kind of like drop into, I don't know, I kind of have these like conversations. Maybe I'm like interviewing someone in a podcast or maybe I'm doing some reading and I have these little like, you know, these little switches that to kind of switch on permanently that uh, just kind of open up my mind to what's possible. And so I can't really say, I can't really point to like one time specifically. I feel like it's just been a lot of switches just turned on and on and on. And I'm starting to just kind of light up over time. And it seems like the more I get lit up, the more I can fall through with everything I said I wanted to be. And so if there's anything in particular, I'd say it was one of my buddies. He also has a podcast, um, his name's Scott Britton and his podcast is, um, what the heck is Scott's podcast? <laughs> All right. Well, my buddy has a podcast and um, uh, the competitive edge. That's what it is. And I was talking to him and he's, you know, we were just kind of discussing. We were just hacking like, okay, how do you get to a vision? You know? Yeah, it's one thing to create a vision, but that doesn't matter. Like it's, it's easy to like say this is what you want and get a feeling for that. But how do you get there? And I think during this conversation we had, we really reverse engineered it and realized that, it was all about, you know, kind of future pacing and seeing what that looked like and then creating an identity and bringing it back to the present. And so you're really stepping into this version of yourself and you're bringing it back into this present moment and you're starting to live in that version of yourself. And so intellectually, like it's one thing to understand, like, yeah, I'm trying to go to a vision uh, energetically and emotionally and just feeling it in your body is a whole different thing. I feel like what you need to do is you have to step into that identity fully 
and grasp it and bring it back to the present and start living it. And so to engineer that, you do everything from like, you know, visualizations to also creating affirmations of like, I am this person, I am this person. And really it is just speaking to your truth of who you truly are. And so I think that was like a big conversation that I had that started to switch things for me a little bit. Also another conversation I had with a buddy of mine, uh, Mikhail Abdullah, he's a UFC fighter. And uh, we were just having a conversation about like, he used to talk about this story of his, I think it was his uncle who was like, son, you know, he's like, boy, if you want to get that girl right there, you need to become the version of yourself that she's going to want to be around. And so just that story and like the way he talked about this really made it clear to me that like, if you want whatever success you're striving towards, you need to become the version of yourself that deserves it. Because the law of attraction is awesome, right? Like, yeah, thoughts become things, but you need to personify this with every grain of your existence if you're going to actually create that that vision and that thought and that, that you know, thing you're striving towards. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up probably the elephant in the room, but there's that one thing called fear, of course, and I'm sure this kind of connects between the spiritual and the mental, but when fear comes into play, like you're, you're envisioning the self of you that you want, like you really, really want to be this person. You want to be free like this person. You want to be confident. You want to have sexiness glowing from the inside, but you're scared of rejection and you're scared of failing. And there's just all of this fear building up inside of you. Like, who am I kidding? How can I do this? Like, who am I to have people believe in me and trust me to coach them in their lives or to create this ideal dream life? Who am I for that? And how do I know it's really going to come to life? And I'm sure this is something you faced. I'm sure this is something your clients have faced. But what, what do you recommend for people that are facing or facing fear but are having a hard time dealing with fear? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of us try to just like, again, take on that masculine and just like force through the fear and conquer the fear. And I don't feel like conquering fear is not like a good thing to do because what you're doing is you're giving it more energy. And the more energy you put towards something, the more you build it up, the more power it gains. And so, you know, the more conquering you try to do, the more you try to overcome it, the more you're building it up in your mind. And so, unfortunately, you know, we hear a lot of these like success audios and we have people like Eric Thomas and all these awesome people who are super motivational, but they tell us you need to crush your fears. You need to kill it. And and we all know it's like, if you've tried that, like that doesn't work, you know? What you need to do is you need to actually go the opposite direction. You need to like completely feel that fear and you need to take it to as far as it goes. You need to like really you what you do is you annihilate the fear by taking it to a place of just like the maximum amount of pain you can go into. So, I mean, there's a specific um, tactic that I use with clients that I work with where like they you can find the fear somewhere in your body because we easily, you know, we, we have like we're made up of energy and we have these meridians that run through our bodies and a lot of us like store fear or uh, traumatic events in our bodies. And so you can really feel if you close your eyes, like where this fear is stemming from and you can kind of find it, whether it's in like your stomach or your throat or wherever it may be. And you can go into this fear and you just want to feel it as much as you can. And you just want to sit in it and you want to go deeper and deeper and really take yourself to the worst case scenario because 
you're always trying to put it off and you're always trying to just you know overcome it and you're always trying to tell yourself that it's not as bad as you actually think it is but when you take it to that extreme and you actually just completely expose yourself to it and you really surrender to it you can completely transcend it so you go deep into that place where you feel like it it exists in your body and you just go deeper and deeper into that pain and the worst case scenario of you know, what if everything went wrong? What if I was completely abandoned? What if no one wanted anything to do with me? What if I was homeless? What if I died? And, you know, you take yourself all the way there and you just kind of sit in it. And when you sit in that for a little bit, you can eventually just, it, your your mind just kind of opens up and you dally and you go, oh, okay. It just dissipates. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because when, when you're not there anymore, when you're not giving it any more energy and you just you're completely exposing yourself to it and you're completely surrendering to it, there's like there's nothing stored up anymore. It just kind of dissipates. And uh, it's a really powerful thing. And so it's kind of hard to describe in a conversation here, but you can kind of see where I'm getting at. And so I think the biggest thing to do is take yourself there and completely surrender to it and say, okay, that's as bad as it can get. And that's fine. And once you take yourself to that worst case scenario, you found freedom. You know that you can handle it. Like everything is going to be okay. You've seen the worst of the worst of the worst. You felt the worst of the worst of the worst. And you know how bad it can get. And and this is something that like is a big part of emotional fitness. This isn't something that you do just like one time and like it's gone forever, right? We condition this. And the same we condition our physical body, we condition it. And every time those feelings of fear come up again, we go deep into the fear. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper until we annihilate it. And it just kind of dissipates and it disappears. And we feel that freedom. And the more we do it, the easier it is to go back and find that freedom. And so I think it's impossible to be completely like fearless, but it'll become, you know, this, that voice in the back of your head will become quieter and quieter and quieter. And it'll give you, you know, um, an openness to more and more freedom. So that's, that's really what I work with my clients and what I recommend for anyone who's trying to overcome fear. Oh man. Yeah. I love that uh, imagery so much. Like just imagining where, where the fear is living. And then I feel like it really helps you to take control of your perception because fear has a lot to do with how you perceive things. And I feel that a lot of times our perceptions just happen without our permission. We just kind of adopt um, an idea of like the worst case scenario without really thinking of it. So, you know, you're scared of doing this, you know, public speaking or whatever. And all this fear builds up without you even really giving it permission or without really consciously thinking about it or deciding, you know, the worst case scenario and the best case scenario. And then when you actually sit there and meditate on it, you can really, it really comes to light, you know, there's nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose with creating that website or, you know, starting to coach a client because you know that your services are powerful. And it's really just about um, I love the word you said, surrendering. Like I've, I've never really thought of it that way. And I think I'm going to have to adopt that word in my own mindset. But um, I want to move on to the the physical fitness side. And I want you to give us some insight into your time as a Nike model. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of fun, obviously. Um, it, you get paid a lot of money to just like kick it <laughs> and just look good. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think um, after after I stopped playing college football, I competed in my first bodybuilding competition, and so that like was my incentive to get super lean. And then I was just like, hey, 
what if I if I could do this and I could do professional fitness modeling, like this would be a time to do it. And so, yeah, I just submitted to some agencies. And when I was living in Oregon and uh, Nike's uh, world headquarters is in Oregon. And so fortunately, uh, I started I got signed on and I started getting a lot of consistent work from them. And um, yeah, I mean, I have really have nothing but positive things to say about that process because the fashion world is probably a lot different in the way like people's body image gets distorted in trying to fit into a certain like body type. But one of the really cool things about, you know, fitness modeling, and especially like what I was doing with Nike is that it was like really low pressure. It was just like, you know, the, the body that I wanted to create was like their avatar for what they wanted for their brand. So it was a, it was a really cool uh, time in my life where it just, everything kind of fell into place. So did I see you at like Dick's Sporting Goods or something at one point? <laughs> uh, you may have. I did, I did some some shoe commercials and I did a lot of college football promos. Um, that was a big thing to have me do. And I was just up at the headquarters a lot, just like, you know, doing small things for them here and there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things out on the internet. <laughs> I don't know where, what's where. So one thing that I talk about a lot on my podcast is that fitness doesn't mean leanness. And it is obvious that you can have fitness and be lean at the same time. And I hate to um, separate genders at all, but I, I do feel like with hormones, you know, I think that guys have a slightly easier time having a lean body with, well, while still being healthy and eating a you know, a good calorie-based diet where they're getting lots of nutrition, they're, they're thriving, whereas to get to a certain level of leanness for a lot of women, not everyone, but for a lot, it is difficult to get to that kind of standard of leanness. So my question is for you, like, I'm sure that you have a lot of clients coming to you with their own ideas of fitness, thinking that it means exactly that leanness, like it's just leanness. So have you ever had to deal with a situation where someone really wanted to obtain leanness when they called it fitness and you had to describe to them what fitness really means that it means to you know x y and z to thrive and to feel well have you dealt with that yeah definitely and um i think the the number one way to like transcend that is to have people understand that you know that feeling that they want is never going to come just from that body okay like they could the biggest thing is making that shift and understand that like it does not like you don't get that body and then get that feeling it actually goes the other way around and so kind of training people in the emotional aspect of fitness to understand that they can feel wonderful and beautiful and abundant in their fitness right now and a part of that process when you feel good it's going to be easier to make the right decisions and create the healthiest body possible and so that's really the way i like to do it is making sure people get to that feeling first and then it makes it a lot easier for them to try to create whatever whatever body is healthiest for them personally. And so, um, you know, most people I deal with are just trying to be healthy. And I haven't had anyone, I haven't actually trained anyone in being a, you know, professional uh, physique model or anything like that. Uh, most people just want to, you know, look good naked and uh, <laughs> feel good. And uh, I, I think I've done a pretty good job in helping people get to where they want to be and being comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm sure you have pillars within your pillars. And when it comes to fitness and like the physical side of fitness, what are some of the 
um, pillars inside of that, like the, the three keys to adopting a plan that works for you. Definitely. So it's, uh, it's nutrition, exercise, and then rest and recovery. Those are the three main ones, of course. Like, And none of this stuff is rocket science, right? So exercise can be something as easy as like movement, making sure that you're moving and you're sweating every single day. And depending on what your goals are, yeah, we can always tweak it from there. But I just think making sure that exercise and movement is fun is so important and just finding ways to have fun and play and exercise. And maybe for some people, that's just like throwing some steel around the weight room. And for other people, maybe it's uh, going to a Zumba class or whatever it may be for you personally. But I think movement's huge. And then, of course, like eating with intention and making sure that you're you know, you have this baseline knowledge of like the types of foods that are best for you and what you make you feel best and what are healthiest for you. And then just building your diet around these healthy foods that are energizing you and giving you uh, the nutrients you need to feel your best. And then finally, rest and recovery, right? Sleep is, you know, that whole 80-20 thing, like sleep is where it's at. Like sleep is so important for hormone regulation and making sure that, uh, you know, we feel our best and we're energized every day. So sleep and that goes with like rest and recovery. So doing things like incorporating meditation and making sure that we're not, you know, overstimulating ourselves with like caffeine and other drugs or alcohol, because all those things play into rest and recovery and our ability to uh, recover properly or not recover properly. So, yeah, we really break it down to those three pillars, though. So are you are you a coffee drinker or no? I usually drink like uh, a coffee a day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is like what I have a lot of people do in my academy is like I think most a lot of people are addicted to coffee, and so it's re it's what you need to do is you need to establish a baseline for energy without coffee, and then you use it as like a performance enhancer. You know, the the same way you would use any other performance enhancer. So some people get into their zone and get into their flow when they write. Um, when they, you know, have their cup of coffee. So maybe that's like, you know, you know that you're about to sit down, you're going to do some writing and you have your coffee and you get in your zone and you crank that out and that's fine. Just see it for what it is. It's not something you need. It's a performance enhancer. Mm, yeah, totally, Brandon. Like I have, I, I did a coffee uh, detox a, a few months ago, actually. Um, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because I thought I had the flu like my body was kind of achy and I felt like I felt like I was hung over for like four days and that's when I realized okay like there's a problem going on and I continued it for about two weeks uh, my plan was like months <laughs> and I went about two weeks but then I just had like one cup and it gave me that stimulation that coffee's supposed to be able to give and it was awesome, and I got so much work done, and then the next day I didn't have any. And I've gotten to a place where I have so much more balanced, and I think that is extremely important because if you get to the point where you need to have, like, two cups of coffee, and then later on you have a coffee with a couple shots of espresso, and I'm speaking from experience because that's what I used to do, like, <laughs> that was, like, I just knew that my adrenals were probably, like, help me. <laughs> so it's important. Definitely. Yeah. I'd say try to cap it at, at one a day. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a way to do it. A moderation with everything, right? I mean, the same thing goes for like drinking alcohol or anything really, you know, eating cake, have one cake, not three. <laughs> yeah. Good, good words of wisdom. Um, okay. So, so the next one is uh, mental, mental fitness. Tell us about that one. 
Sure. So mental fitness, in my opinion, is your ability to get into flow states. And so we've all experienced flow before. And flow is that like state of complete immersion where everything in your world disappears except for whatever is presently in front of you at this time. And so we've probably been there before when you played a sport or music or art or involved in an amazing conversation or when you're writing but everyone's experienced some kind of flow before where you just are performing your best, you're enjoying it more than you ever have before, and it's really whatever you're doing at the time is the only thing that you feel like exists in the whole world. And what we've seen is there's some studies that have been done recently on uh, top CEOs, and the CEOs, when they're able to increase their flow by 20%, they're able to double their productivity. So like flow is like that ultimate state that allows you to grasp for creativity and focus and this like superhuman ability to grab aha moments and just perform your best cognitively. And so that's what we're always striving towards. And so what I try to do is teach people how to design a life where it's really helpful, design a life that uh, makes it a lot easier for them to get into flow. So there's like 17 different triggers that really play into it. And I'll just name a few just to, so I don't overload your audience right now. But one big thing is uh, making sure that you're doing proper rest and recovery. So doing things like Pomodoro's where you choose one thing to work on for 25 minutes and you get completely focused on that. And then you cycle that off with five minutes of like, you know, jumping jacks or listening to music or doing some kind of relaxation and then getting right back on the next cycle and choosing one thing to focus on for the next 25 minutes. That kind of laser focus is really helpful for flow. And that whole like movement in between your cycles is incredibly helpful as well because we know that the, when we experience flow in different areas of our life, it's way easier for us to go back and perform in our business world and experience flow. So that's why a lot of people uh, go and like they'll take, uh, you know, ski vacations where they'll go ski all day and then they will, you know, spend like eight hours writing and they'll cycle back and back and forth because when you get flow in one area of your life, it bleeds over to the other areas of your life. And so I'm really fortunate to have some mentors that are helping me uh, learn more and more about this. One of my mentors is the executive director of the Flow Genome Project, Jamie Wheel. And you know he works with his partner, Stephen Kotler, who is a uh, New York Times bestselling author, just released another book, uh, Bold, with Peter Diamantis. Um, and they also have another man who's working with them who uh, is the high performance psychologist for the Seattle Seahawks and has worked with Red Bull and all these other people and so I'm just kind of stealing the knowledge from these guys because they've been trying to hack flow and figure out that flow genome for 20-25 years and I'm trying to just kind of take all the things that they're finding and apply it to uh, mental fitness within my own clients within my own life and that that really happens by you know doing everything you can to design this environment for you to be able to sit down and lock in and get into that state of mind where you can do your best work. That's what it's all about. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting. Like I feel that um, a lot of times we're focusing on so many different things that we get so overwhelmed and then we burn out really quickly. And that's a reason why a lot of people end up just giving up on whatever they're working on because they get so pumped up for like – um, a week or so or a month or even half a year, but then they just go, 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 and they don't create this flow and this balance that they can like truly maintain long-term as well as enjoying the process. So I really like those. Where can we learn um, the other the other steps to, to that? Would that be in your academy? 
Yeah, definitely. So I teach that in uh, the Entrepreneur Fitness Academy. Um, also, there's just if you Google the Flow Genome Project, um, those guys talk about it quite a bit as well. So whether uh, you guys want to check that out or my academy, it's a lot of it's available online. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, so I've got one other question that I want to ask you about these pillars. And that was I was thinking about your four pillars and I was wondering, have you ever thought of a fifth one or has it always been like these four and, and that's it? Because I was thinking of like financial fitness. Is that something that works into play here? Um, you know, financial fitness is a huge thing. Um, but really, I mean, at least for me right now, what I try to do is try to hone uh, personal development and peak performance for people so um, I see I feel like you know we can always look at like financial and we can look at business and we can look at relationships and how important these things are and they're all so important to our happiness um, but really what I'm trying to hack is just that peak performance so I look at you know the the physical so you know our body our minds emotions and spirit playing into how can we perform better financially or how can we perform better um, you know, out in our business, how can we perform better in these, you know, in our relationships. And so that's kind of the way I see it. I see that these four pillars kind of contribute to being able to do better financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're creating that good, positive energy and you're putting that out there constantly, that's what you're going to get in return because money is just another form of, of energy currency. So what you're teaching is the foundation for receiving the other things like finances and relationships. Um, and I want to know, there's a question that I always ask my guest. So hopefully you, you may have heard it, but maybe not. You can take your time thinking on the answer because it's kind of tricky. But if you were to give someone one piece of advice for strengthening their mind-body connection, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think the one piece of advice I'd give people um, which allows them to do this thing that everyone always talks about, which is getting present, right? Getting present, living in the moment is supposed to be really helpful for living a happy life and being at peace with your body and everything else. Because when you're in the moment, of course, you're not stressing about um, what do I look like, et cetera, et cetera. What are all the things going on in my life? So I think the best way to do this is to really focus on being a goddamn human being <laughs> and really <laughs> being okay like I think we've transitioned into being to um, just being humans who are doing we become human doings we're like we just try to do everything and we're doing something to make this better we're doing something to make that better we're doing stuff all the time and you know people do this in many forms like you know going from like one thing on their phone to one thing on their computer instead of actually just stopping and getting completely immersed in just being in one moment at a time. And so this happens when like you are just focusing on your a business assignment. You choose one thing and you embody it and you just be it. Or you go to the gym and you just that's the only thing that exists. Like your work, like relationships, everything else disappears. Just completely embody that and be in that moment. Just be a being in that in that class or in that workout and completely embody it. Or when you're in with someone intimately, you know, completely be with them and immerse yourself in that moment and stop trying to do things and just start being and just kind of relax back into yourself. And I think that's the biggest piece of advice because everyone always talks about how important it is to like be present and be present. And it's like intellectually, yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like the easiest way to actually do that is by 
stop trying to do all the tactics to be present and instead just really relaxing back into just being and being in that moment. I hope this kind of this resonates. I know it sounds a little bit abstract, but it's really about just being in that one thing you're doing at that one time and completely immersing yourself in it. Totally. It's so awesome. I love it. It's all about creating that intimacy with the moment and whatever it is that you're doing. Beautiful. All right. So Brandon, where can my listeners find you? Yeah. So check me out over at entrepreneurfitness.com. And uh, if you guys want to check out the podcast, I got links and all that good stuff over there. So just head over to entrepreneurfitness.com and you'll, uh, you'll be able to uh, play around over there and learn more about me. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you have a fantastic rest of your week. You as well, Maddie. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. If you want some more awesome self-love insight, head on over to my new website, maddymoon.com. Well, it's the same, but a new domain. Make sure you get it right, maddymoon, M-A-D-D-Y.com. Um, get your free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again. And please, if you enjoyed the show, let us know what you liked about it. Head on over to iTunes and leave me a review and a rating. Thanks so much, guys. See you later.